0: You know the duck, go, duck, go outside and find that the duck too
1: blooms and
0: sings.
1: I look forward to hearing a little more. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Hi, I'm Patricia. Welcome to the 80th, 80th episode of A Breath of Song. I'm so glad you chose to do this today, which is extra special because Kate Thomas is joining us for a songwriter conversation. Hi, Kate. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Maria Popova says, In a lifetime of living in this body, I have known no more powerful homecoming than music. We're here to invite ourselves to come home with songs that help us heal and adapt and grow. Your voice is exactly what's needed for this. I'm coming to you straight from my home in what is now called Burlington, Vermont, on the unceded lands of the Abenaki people. And Kate, tell us where you're calling from. I'm coming from Burngreve, which is an area in the middle of Sheffield in the UK. And for our non-UK listeners, can you tell us approximately where Sheffield is in the UK. It's kind of right
2: in the middle. We're quite close to Manchester, but we're on the other side of the Pennines from Manchester.
1: So we get less rain than people in Manchester, which is nice. All of our voices will turn up as they are today, and no matter what, we can feel the connection to our breath and vibration in our body. Let's find how good it can feel to sing. So last week I shared Kate's song invitation, Be Yourself. Today, Kate will be teaching us a beautiful song of hers called Go Dark. We'll learn it slowly so it can settle inside you and you can begin to trust it as a resource, let it move you into a state of flow, and then we get to enjoy a conversation with Kate and we'll close out again with the song at the end. You'll always be able to find this episode on the website, abreathofsong.com or wherever you get your podcasts and rewind, listen as many times as you'd like, of course. But let's start with a good yawn stretch, Maybe roll your shoulders, stretch into your back. You'll hear both Kate and me getting into our morning voices. Actually, morning for me, afternoon for Kate. Yeah, or Mm. nearly evening. Nearly evening. So finding space in your body and starting to notice Mm. as the air flows in Mm. and out. As it comes in, what can it expand? And as it goes out, what can it take with it? And letting it come in and noticing the rib cage widen. And as it goes out, noticing the face relax. And as it comes in, noticing the belly soften. And as it goes out, noticing your neck relax and release. And as it comes in, noticing the pelvic bowl widen and deepen. And as it goes out, allowing your spine and your shoulders to release. And letting the inhale happen again. On the exhale, we're going to just let it make sound. And another exhale. Inhale, on the exhale, let your lips be fat and big. Yeah. And another sighing from top to bottom, whatever that means for you. And maybe making some cat noises. And some really wide open dog noises, big dog. <sighs> and then whatever feels good noises. <laughs> mm. Yay. I'm going to turn it over to Kate to share the
2: song. So, shall I just say something about the song?
1: Sure. Do it however yeah. you'd
2: like to share it. So I first came across it as a poem. The words are from Wendell Berry. And I think it was in a book called Soul Food. And I just read the words and I really liked them. And I think it was around the time that I had read a book called Learning to Walk in the Dark by Barbara Brown Taylor. And it was all about the good stuff that comes out of dark times or the good stuff that is found in dark times. And lots of songs celebrate light, but... You know we spend a lot of time in the dark so I just really like the words and so I turned them into this song and the tune is actually the tenor part which is unusual but I'm singing it in a different key from probably how it is in the book mm, so the tune goes like this I'll sing the whole thing first and then we can do it in smaller chunks to go in the dark with a light is to know the
0: light. To know the dark, go dark, go without sight. And find that the dark too blooms and sings and is travelled by dark
2: feet and dark wings Mm. so that's the whole of the tune maybe I'll just do it line by line and you can tell me when you've got it so the first there's a kind of da 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 da, da rhythm going on underneath so the first line is to go in the dark with a light is to know
0: the light
1: to go, go in the, the dark, dark where with the, the
0: light is to know the light. To go, go in the, the dark, dark with the light, light is to know the,
2: the light. So I'll sing that again, and I'll go on to the next line. To go in the dark with the light is to know the
0: light to know the dark go
2: dark go without sight and there's a slightly little bit of sort of syncopation or something around the words go dark
0: to know the light
2: to know
0: the dark go dark go without sight to know know the
2: I do the first two lines together?
1: Actually could you do to know the dark go dark tapping uh tapping the one do rhythm yeah so we can yeah. hear where that how that lines up yeah that would be great
2: yeah so to know the dark
0: go dark go without sight
2: yeah, yeah. is that better good um and then the next bit goes Go with that sight and find that the
0: dark too blooms and sings and find and that, that the dark, dark too blooms and, and sings and find that the dark too blooms and sings and then it goes. And sings, and is travelled by dark feet and dark wings, and is travelled by dark feet and dark wings, and is travelled by, by dark
2: feet and
0: dark wings. I'll sing the whole thing
2: ready and.
0: To go in the dark with a light is to know the light.
1: To know
0: the dark, go dark, go without sight. And find that the dark too blooms and sings and is travelled by
2: dark feet. And dark wings. Again, I'm going to just, just do it with the guitar so we can get used to singing it with that. DD. To go in the
0: dark with the light is to know the light. To know the dark, go oh dark, go without sight and find that the dark too blooms and sings and is travelled by dark
2: feet and dark wings How's that? That's okay? I'll teach one of the other parts which is the alto part but it feels much higher in this key so the alto part goes like this
0: Mm, To go in the dark with a light is to know the light. To go go in the dark dark with a light light is to know the light. light. To
2: To go in in the
0: the dark with a light light is is to know know the light. light. To know the dark go dark go without sight to know the light, to know the dark, go, dark, go without sight. To know the dark, go, dark, go without sight.
2: I'll do those first two.
0: To go in the dark with a light is to know the light. To know the dark, go oh dark, go without sight and find two blooms and things So slightly fewer words here. Go without sight and find two blooms and sings, and find two blooms and sings, and is travelled by dark feet and dark wings sings, and is is travelled by dark feet and dark wings.
2: I'll do those last two lines.
0: And find two blooms and sings and and is travelled by dark feet and dark wings. I'll do it all. To go in the dark with a light Is to know the light To know the dark, go oh, dark Go without sight And find to Blooms and sings And is travelled by dark feet and dark
2: wings Shall I do that part with the guitar as well?
0: Mm-doo-doo. To go in the dark with a light Is to know the light To know the dark, go oh dark Go without sight and fine too blooms and sings and is travelled by dark feet and dark wings
2: So, how about if I sing the tune through with the guitar once and then the second time through I'll jump onto the high harmony And maybe you keep going with the tune? Yeah? Okay, we'll try it. Mm. (sup试) To go in the the dark with a
0: light is to know know the light. light. To To know the the dark, dark. go dark. Go without sight sight. and find that the dark too blooms and and sings. And And is traveled by dark feet
2: didn't sing the high part. That was okay. I'll do it this time.
0: To go in the dark with the light is to know the light. To know the dark, go dark, go without sight and find two blooms and and is travelled by dark feet and dark wings to go in the dark with a light is to know the light, to know the dark oh dark, go without sight and find
1: Okay, I need some help with the third line. I got, I think, all of it, but the third line, the beginning of the third line, I was missing. Um, In the tune or the harmony? In the tune. In the tune.
2: Go without sight and find that the dark
0: too. Go without sight and find that the dark too. So there's some short little notes. Yeah. Without sight... And find that the dark, too, and blooms and sings. Yeah.
1: I got and the blooms and sings, th- but not the and find yeah. that the dark, Yeah, the little too. bit before. Yeah, a little bit before. Yeah. Can we do it again yeah. with you singing the melody and then singing the harmony? Yeah. Yeah, we that'd can. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank I you. just totally forgot about the harmony. No, That's <laughs> oh, that was okay. I was thinking to myself, oh, please, don't go to the harmony yet, because I'm not quite there on the <laughs> melody. <laughs> okay.
0: To go in the dark with a light Is to know the light To know the dark, go to dark Go without sight And find that the dark too Blooms and sings And is travelled by dark feet And dark winds to go in the dark with a light is to know the light, to know the dark, go oh dark, go without sight and find that the time too blooms and sings and is travelled by dark.
1: So it is so beautiful, and I don't quite have that third part yet. I don't know why. I just I had it when you were singing it, but when we were singing it separately... When... Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to invite us to do it just one more time, because I feel like it's so beautiful, and it's just starting mm-hmm. to settle in for me. Yeah. And this time, I promise the listeners that if I still didn't get it, I'll go back and re-record it so that I am actually singing the accurate melody, and then... Yeah. Um, then you'll be able to sing it with Kate and me. I don't know. You know, I've been so sick and I'm, Mm. that's all excuses. I'm just, you know, I can't (laughs) learn this super quickly. If I were listening to the podcast, I'd be rewinding. But I just want to notice that I just caught with the words, to go in the dark with a light is to know the light. Mm. To know the dark, go dark, go without light. That just sort of clicked and Mm. started making sense to me. What a beautiful idea that is for, for hard times, for difficult times, to, mm. to let yourself go into mm. it, go into dark places as the dark, instead of trying to always carry a light in there. Cause when mm. it's light, you can't see the dark. Yeah. Sorry, just yeah. I know you knew that already, <laughs> but I just it was kind of clicking as we were singing and I yeah. was like, ooh, that's yeah. so beautiful. So mm. okay. Mm. Yeah, it's just
2: becoming dark. There's a window right here. And ah. it's a- it's just becoming dark as well, so (laughs) lovely to go in the dark with the
0: light is to know the light to know the dark go dark go without sight and find that the dark too blooms and sings and is traveled by dark feet and dark wings. To go in the dark with a light is to know the light. To know the dark, go dark, go without sight and find that the And is traveled by dark feet And dark wings To go in the dark with the light Is to know the light To know the dark, go dark Go without sight And find that the dark too Blooms and sings and is traveled by dark feet and dark wings.
1: That is just such a beautiful song, Kate. Really, really lovely. Tell me, when you sing it, I told you what I was thinking of when I sang it. When you sing it, what what are you thinking of? Mm. Well, it's interesting. Um, I sing
2: with a friend, And another friend who now lives in Manchester and so uh, when we were in the habit of rehearsing a lot we would drive across the Peak District to meet Rose and we were driving across one time and it had snowed and it was cold for ages and so the snow hung around and we were driving over this bit of the Peak District where it's very bare there's nothing you can't see anything there's just sort of moors and it was covered in little footprints of animals, and you, don't, you never see the animals when you're driving over. Uh-huh. But they're obviously all over the place. And I always think of that because it looks like such an empty space. And then you realize that there are little creatures crisscrossing it the whole time. I often think about
1: that, actually, when we get to the dark feet and dark wings. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Hmm. So in Sheffield, what is the first sound that you usually make when you wake up in the morning? It's probably to say in a slightly blurry
2: voice, are you going for a run today? Uh-huh. To, my, to my partner who sometimes runs and sometimes doesn't and that sometimes gives me a vague idea of what time it might be. So it's not a very edifying thing to start the day with. but
1: so, I mean, it's kind of locating you in the moment, right? <laughs> Lovely. What's mm. the very f- mm. earliest song memory you have? When
2: I was about... Five or six we were living in quite a big house sort of on the edge of well on the edge of London I suppose and I can remember dad making up a silly song I was the oldest of four and I don't think my littlest sister was born at this point but I can remember us running round the sitting room singing this song two little girls and one little boy playing in our big room um they were pretending to be you know lions <laughs> or whatever whatever we are pretending to be, make that sound and then run around again singing two little <laughs> girls and one little boy. Um, again, not a, a sort of musical sort of up there, you know, what a great piece of art, but that's probably the earliest song I can
1: remember. What a great song to sing to wear out three little kids. Yeah, I yeah. hadn't thought about that, but yeah. <laughs> so did your dad sing a lot with you?
2: Yes, we, um, we always did quite a lot of music at home. We grew up in churches, so there was always lots of music happening through that. But he and mum both played. Mum played the piano, dad played the guitar, and at some point when we were younger, he played the Mm -hmm. French horn. So there was kind of music happening and
1: always quite a lot of Mm -hmm. just sort of singing going on. Yeah. Mm. Did you always know that music was going to be something you wanted to do with your life? Or tell me how that evolved for you.
2: Mm. It was always something that I did... For fun. There was a, always that sort of strand of church involvement, so there was always lots of music there. And in my teens, I was in a very big youth group. We did a lot of singing, a lot mm-hmm. of music and sort of theater stuff, so there was always lots there and lots going on in school, choir, orchestra, all that sort of thing. I didn't ever think it would be something I would do for my work, so I went off and did other things work-wise and then... I think when when I was maybe about 30 I joined a women's singing group in Sheffield and absolutely loved it and I hadn't done that kind of learning by ear singing before I'd always been in choirs where we had music not not so much in churchy stuff we just sang then but in terms of harmonies and stuff I hadn't been in that sort of group before and really I just thought I'd died and gone to heaven it was just it was wonderful and about a year after being in that group, the woman who was leading it, who's now a really good friend, said, would I take on another group of hers that she, she had too much work? And I sort of thought, well, I'm not trained, you know, I can't do that. But I sort of thought, maybe I can. So that's when I started. That was about 20 years ago, I think. And I think what I have realised since is that even though I haven't got sort of formal training to do this stuff, actually everything that I've done just for enjoyment teaches you stuff. So you're sort of receiving Mm -hmm. your musical education without realizing it. Yeah, so I sort of just got in it and then gradually gained more groups. So that's kind of how it happened, sort of picking it up along the way. But there was never a great intention or a plan at all.
1: Tell me specifically about with your voice. Were you always comfortable with your voice as you were going through singing? Did you go through stages or phases with your voice?
0: Hmm.
2: I don't think I did really. I think, I think I just always sang, and it was fine. I know (laughs) when I was um, at school. I think I sometimes sang quite loud, and people would say, "Oh, you sing so loud, Kate!" And I'd sort of felt quite pleased about that, which, you know, (laughs) I don't really know why. I think I've learnt to sing more quietly which is good. But no, I don't, it wasn't ever a thing that, I think it always just came fairly naturally. And it's not really until I've started teaching that I've come across people for whom, you know, maybe they were told to be quiet when they were at school or told just to mouth the words or told they couldn't sing, that sort of thing. Yeah, I've come across that more through sort of working with groups.
1: Sometimes I've thought that it's been helpful to me to have had to learn to sing as an adult I came through piano and I thought I mm. wasn't a singer, I can't sing, I don't, you know, mm. And but I loved singing. Mm. And then I kind mm. of had to reconnect with my voice and learn to sing as an adult. And mm. eventually I thought, well, that's actually been a real gift to me because it's been easier for me to work with other people who mm. who aren't connected with their voice from the get-go because yeah. it's something I had to do in, with intention. What have you found as your ways in to help people?
0: Mm.
2: I think I've just, over the years, seen so many people who've come along and said, I can't really sing, but I just really want to have a go. Or they, something has drawn them in, maybe a friend, or maybe they've seen the choir perform and thought, I'd really like to be part of that. And I've just seen a lot of people come who have just settled into it, basically, by just mm-hmm. turning up and practicing. And I think with something like driving, we just assume that pretty much as long as you have your two arms and two legs, you know, you'll be able to learn to drive. Some people take to it really quickly. Some people take longer. But we don't say you'll never drive. We just, mm-hmm. and, but I think we do with arty things. We say you'll never sing. You'll mm-hmm. never learn to draw. You'll never do, you know. And actually, I think some people do get it very quickly. Some people take a bit more time. but. I think it's there for everyone. Yes, I've just, I have mean, I've just seen people who have taken quite some time to sort of learn to mm. pitch things right, but they get there. I think I've only actually known one person over the course of over 20 years who persistently struggled to pitch things. And I think there were a lot of other things going on for him in terms of mental health and other things that were mm-hmm. making it difficult for him to listen, really. I think that probably the main thing is that people feel relaxed mm. and they feel it's okay to make mistakes and they feel mm. they don't feel under pressure. If you can create an atmosphere that's really sort of friendly and accepting and give people time, then they'll get there at some point. Now, I think I'm generally fairly
1: fairly laid back. <laughs> I know of three groups that you're leading. Tell me if I've got these right. Confidence through singing, body of sound, and... Purple cats. Yes, there's another group called Singing Through the Seasons. Okay. Mm. So, what do you love about community singing? You know, you said that when you first, when you were singing the harmonies with people, that that was just magical to you. What mm. What was it? Yeah, it's partly that the first
2: week I went, they were singing "Wanting Memories" by Sweet Honey and the Rock. Mm. And I just thought, I can't believe that they're singing this. I I'd had it on a cassette from a friend of mine who lives in the States and just thought it was the most beautiful song. And I thought, yeah, I'm actually going to get to sing it, you know. So I mean, it's just the pleasure of singing in harmony. I did a little bit of that with my brother and my sisters, um, just kind of informally and just always really enjoyed that. And I would often sort of make up harmonies if I was doing stuff at church. But I think also... As the years have rolled around, just the sense of community that builds up in those groups is wonderful. It's a really nice way to be with people. One thing I've discovered actually through Singing Through the Seasons, which is set up for women um, with sort of mental... Well, it's a sort of singing for well-being. Some people have diagnosed mental health conditions. Some just know that it makes them feel good to sing. And it's quite an easy way to be with people because there isn't a lot of time for people to say how are you and mm-hmm. what do you do with your life and you know most of the time you're just <clears throat> you're doing this thing with people but you're not having to think of witty yes. things to say you're just learning and then making this lovely sound and thinking gosh did i really was i part uh-huh. of that that sounded a bit bit good you know um so it's i think it's a very healing way to be with people yeah. you know just makes people feel good
1: yeah I describe A Breath of Song as being a podcast about sharing songs that help us uncover wellness that's already there inside ourselves, Mm. singing to help us heal Mm. and adapt and grow. And I'm wondering if you can think of a story or a time you remember seeing song working as a healing or an adaptive modality, either for yourself or for someone else. Going back to that group
2: singing through the seasons... I think there are people in that group who have found it very wonderful to be sort of part of a, part of a gang, mm-hmm. you know, part of a tribe, really. Maybe they haven't had such a sort of positive or kind of welcoming space to belong to before. And we did a big concert with all the groups that I teach. Singing Through the Seasons, we're raising money for the charity that, that organises that group. We had T-shirts printed with our name on, with Mm. Rooted and Strong written on the back. And we did this big concert in the cathedral. And it was such a buzz for people to feel part of something so positive. I guess a lot of people, you know, might not have experienced that before, that sort of sense of belonging. Yeah, and I think that that has been really, really important for a lot of people. Do you think there's something about doing a performance that ups that sense of belonging? I do yeah I mean I'm yes I'm not sort of none of the groups I teach do a lot of performing but I think it 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 does just give you a focus for a while and everyone gets a bit scared and then you know it goes well and it's yeah I think it's always it's always a
1: good thing a good thing to do. Kind of like you've tackled a mountain together and and, yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and certainly something that you You wouldn't do alone. No, no. I mean, you can't sing choral music alone, to start with. No,
2: But no, I think, especially when we did that one in the cathedral, you know, it was a big venue where you're on sort of tiered, racked seating, so some people were were right at the top. It was a big
1: deal, a big kind of boost, I think. So organising something like that is a huge amount of work. Yes, it was. Getting the tiered seating in place, figuring out, do I have a spot for everybody to, to be? yeah. (laughs) <laughs> lighting and music so how did you go about doing it how long was it in the planning mm. we we got some funding to put the concert on
2: I think it was probably about a year probably the mm-hmm. planning mm-hmm. I mean there's sort of knowing knowing about it a year in a year in advance but the sort of intense bit would have been three or four months I mm-hmm. guess I mean there was a group of us organizing it so you know it
1: wasn't a no, nothing fell on one slim pair of shoulders. So mm. you've also written two books of songs, Honey and Salt and Scattered mm. Seeds. Mm. That also seems like a potentially a big project. Mm. Can you tell me about the books and and also maybe tell me a little bit about how you approached the whole project?
2: Yeah, I... Again, I didn't really set out to do it, <laughs> I think I just got, with with Honey and Salt, I just got to the point where I thought, I think I've written enough songs that it could be a book. And so I hadn't sort of started out thinking, I want to write a book of songs at all. Mm-hmm. But I think I just got to a point where there were enough. And then once I had done one, I was carrying on writing songs, so it seemed obvious that there at some point, there would be enough for there to be a second book, mm-hmm. Um yes it seemed like an obvious thing to do i suppose having written the songs and i'm not i'm not inclined to sort of market myself so if i don't put them in a songbook there's no way they'll get beyond the groups that are that i've taught them to mm-hmm. so um yeah it was a way to send them on their way to some other places
1: and these are beautiful beautiful songs i bought the honey and salt book mm. Mm. long before I contacted you about being on A Breath of Song. Yeah. And I've used several of the songs with my Mm. groups because Mm. they're just so lovely. Mm.
2: Good, thank you.
1: You have a very distinctive shape to your songs and harmonization, Mm. Um, and Mm. it's lovely. You can tell that you love to sing harmony because the harmonies Mm. that you write are so beautiful, have such beautiful chords. I keep using the word beautiful. Mm. I'm... Obviously not feeling <laughs> hugely <laughs> innovative right now, but <laughs> I, but I don't know what other word to use for them. They're, um, sometimes they're spare, but they are um, incisive. They're, 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 the chords are sometimes unexpected and so colorful. They feel very clean. There's where I was going. They mm. feel very clean, mm. but unusual. Mm.
2: when I, I think at some some earlier point in writing songs i remember thinking are all the songs i'm writing just the same actually are they all you know mm-hmm. have i just got one song essentially and then sending out lots of different versions of it now i remember discovering once that there was a phrase a musical phrase in one song that was exactly the same pattern of notes from another song in a slightly different um and I remember saying this to a friend, saying, it's exactly the same. <laughs> uh, but somehow I, I had never noticed it. I don't know if anyone else has
1: noticed it. But <laughs> You could say the same thing about Mozart or Beethoven. I mean, they, they recycled phrases. I think there's something about a phrase that speaks to you, a musical phrase mm. that speaks to you, yeah. that you need to work with until mm. it's no yeah. longer speaking to you, right? Maybe, maybe that's it, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: The, when you wrote this song, Go Dark, for example... Mm. Did you write the melody first? And you said you wrote it as a choral song. Yeah. Yes, I always
2: start with a tune Mm -hmm. and then um, figure out some harmonies. When you're
1: figuring out harmonies, do you record the tune and then sing with the tune to sort out the harmonies? Or do you figure it out on a keyboard? Or tell me about your process. I quite often
2: figure things out when I'm on my bike, which I think is something to do with the fact that if I'm going for a ride, my mind is kind of free. Mm. And it, I've found it quite a helpful way to figure out songs. I think it might be because essentially I'm going for a ride. And if I happen to write a song as well, that's a bonus. But I'm not sitting down at an empty desk thinking, got to write a tune. right? And then if I don't write it, I'm just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> or whether it's something about being in motion. I don't know what it is, but I have found it really helpful to be on a bike. So usually I'd figure out a tune, and then sometimes I can figure out some harmonies on a bicycle, but other times I'll put it onto GarageBand and then just play around with singing stuff alongside it and see what works. Uh-huh. I, I'm not very good at music theory, so I can't think, ah, oh, it needs the third or the this or the inversion. I don't really mm-hmm. know what that stuff means.
1: Right, you're um, composing it by ear. But if I hear it, I can, yeah, yeah, I can do it by ear. The music books have sheet music in them, yeah are you yeah. scoring those out yourself?
2: No, the, there was a great person called Colin Douglas who somebody told me about and said, "If you send him the sound files, he just does it all He, transcribes. he does it really quickly. yeah, uh, initially, I had thought, I'll do it all by hand, it'll look beautiful." And I had visions of these beautiful beautifully produced books, but I make so many mistakes. And I don't know all the rules of writing music down and there's no consistency. And I just thought it'll be a bit of a mess, to be honest, and it'll take forever uh-huh. and it'll be wrong. So, yeah, <laughs> I, send are... them all, I send them all to him.
1: <laughs> Those are a lot of good reasons. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're very good <laughs> reasons. So then when you get them back, you have a set of PDFs? Yes.
2: Yeah, so he just sends the PDFs back and then I just send the PDFs to a printer And then it's a book.
1: Yeah. So you bike as well as sing. How else do you take care of yourself?
2: Um, I've recently started, this is very exciting, well, very exciting to me. I've recently started to play the hand pan. Are you familiar with the hand pan? I've seen, yes, but I haven't played it myself. I first came across them about 20 years ago. I think I might have seen somebody playing one in the street or something like that. Mm-hmm. I found out that there were this couple of um sort of scientists, physicists or something in Switzerland who were making them. And they wouldn't respond to email. You had to write them a proper letter. So I wrote them a proper letter and said I'm very interested to find out about these. And they said you have to come to Switzerland for a week. You have to bond with the hang that you want to buy and and you know and I thought well I can't do that you know my kids were small I thought I can't be going off to Switzerland to do this um so ever since then every so often I've sort of thought oh I'd so like to try one of those but just you know they're very expensive never never got one but I rented one during lockdown uh, from a company I thought maybe I should I need to get this out of my system Mm -hmm. so I rented one and it was lovely, and I thought, how nice. Uh, and then thought, it's lovely, but they're too expensive. I'll send it back at the end of the rental period. And my partner said, do you want one for Christmas? And I thought, that's a bit ridiculous, because normally we give each other a couple of books or something. <laughs> um, so it was a bit sort of unprecedented. But yeah, it's, um, it's fantastic. I'm really enjoying
1: learning to play that. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Do you think it will change your harmonic sense
2: Hmm. I don't know. I have to wait and see. Yeah. But no, it's it's a beautiful sound. It's really, really lovely. I'm
1: going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a fairly personal question. So you can, you yeah. can skip it if you, you know. Yeah. Um. Can you think of anything that has thrown you out of, you seem so calm hmm. and willing to, as you said, pretty relaxed about Mm. Can you think of something that has wound you up or tightened you up or made life difficult and then how you responded to it? What let you let go of it? Something that has thrown me? Yeah.
2: Um, this is personal, but I'm happy to say it. Um, I had two... I've got three kids... And before the first two, I had very early miscarriages, which I, I, I mean, I knew that miscarriages happened, but until I had one, I didn't know how often they happened. You know, Mm. I just knew there was this thing that happened. But once I'd, once I had the first one, suddenly everyone says, yes, I had one, I had one. Mm -hmm. You know, give you the statistic of how many, how many pregnancies end. And so I'd had one before... My first one before the second and then before my third, I had a a baby with, when I went for the scan, you know, the 18 week or 17 week, I think it was when I went for the scan, um, they told me that he had, um, do you know, I can't now remember the name, it'll come to me. But his spinal, the top of his spinal cord hadn't formed properly. So it's a form of spina bifida, anencephaly. that's what it was called. In spina bifida, something happens with the spine that doesn't form. In anencephaly, the head, top of the spine, which is in effect the brain, doesn't form properly. So they said he's alive at the moment, but he, mostly these babies don't survive pregnancy.
1: Oh, Kate.
2: If they survive, if they get through to nine months, they mostly die during birth because they don't have the organs properly. Oh, Kate. And I, having thought to myself, I wouldn't ever have a termination. I, I don't think I'd want to do that. I just thought, actually, that feels like the thing to yeah. do because I don't know that I can go through this with everyone saying, "Oh." are you pregnant? Oh. How long have you got to go? Oh. Um, and I just thought I don't think I can do that and I don't think I can be a good mum to these two boys while this is going on. Yeah. So I decided to have a termination mm-hmm. and uh, which in my case was a bit like just an induced birth and that, you know this tiny baby was born that would just fit in my hands like this. And that was a big deal. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it felt, it's funny. At the time, it felt like almost, a, I don't know, almost a double loss, like not, not knowing, knowing that I was never going to have the chance to get to know him. And I remember after that, because I had always thought, I won't have a termination, you know, as a person to whom that had never been a relevant thought and had one. I remember thinking after that, I will never judge anybody for anything ever again, which I have not stuck to. Um, (laughs) Who does? (laughs) Yeah. But it was interesting to have, uh, to have been very sure about something and then to have just suddenly thought,
1: yep, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that story with us, especially because many of my listeners are in the States. Mm. Yes, and it's obviously... it's uh,
2: It's not really an issue in the UK because at this point in time, we don't feel that there's any threat to reproductive rights. Mm. But we often go where the States has been before. Mm. And it's it's just so shocking to, to see what's happening there and to think, well, we would just never have expected that. You know, you just assume that progress sort of moves on, you yeah. know, and that we're not going to go backwards. And um, it is very shocking.
1: So what carried you as you were grieving and... Mm. You had your two boys. Mm. were Was there music that you listened to as you were grieving? Were there songs that you sang as you were grieving? Were there songs are there songs that particularly connect you to that time of your life that you sing now? I don't remember any particular songs from that time.:
2: Yeah, it was kind of it was before I started singing natural voice quarry type singing mm. because the kids were small it's quite likely that we had some music we listened to a lot when they were small mm-hmm. raffi raffi yes. is from the states oh. my friend in the states gave me a raffi we listened to a lot of raffi and the singing kettle so quite possibly
1: those <laughs> were the songs i was listening to a lot at the time yep, <laughs> yep. the whale a uh, baby beluga in the deep blue sea wasn't, was that a Raffi song? I'm trying to remember, we had a Raffi CD too. Yeah. That we listened yeah. to. Um, <laughs> are there songs that you sing now that feel connected to that for you?
2: I can't think of anything off the top of my head that sort of
1: feels like a, a direct line to there. Mm. It's always interesting to me as I said I've been sick for 5 weeks now and mm. it's kind of ironic because here I am doing a podcast about singing for wellness you know and well-being mm. and um mm. but it's also giving me a chance to kind of put it to the to the test right <laughs> 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 and it's been really fascinating yeah. for me to notice that the songs that I kind of expected would be songs that would be good for difficult times it's not necessarily Mm. those songs that i want you know i'm just i'm surprised Mm. by yeah Yeah. and when i don't want songs at all thank you so much my kids sent me monument valley which is a computer game graphics game Mm. puzzle game Mm. very satisfying to do (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you know sometimes it's singing and sometimes it's not yes what it is that helps yeah Mm.
2: But I do think one thing that is really lovely about songs is that it gives you lots of words. It's almost like a way of memorising poems because mm-hmm. it's it's hard just to remember words on their mm-hmm. own. But if they have a tune attached, you can remember them. I think it's lovely that you can sort of, you know, if you're teaching a group for a while, you're sort of helping them to build up a bank of these nourishing words yes. that are just sort of there and... When they need them, they know them because they've sung them so much. And I think that's a really lovely thing about learning songs is you actually learn words as well. It's a beautiful way to put it.
1: Mm. Is there anything that you're excited about right now that you'd like to
2: share? I've been learning Arabic for a very long time. And I've started having online colloquial Palestinian lessons with a woman in Hebron on uh, Skype. That's great. I'm amazed how well it works. I wouldn't, it wouldn't have occurred to me ever to do that kind of learning before the pandemic. But having, mm. you know, got used to Zoom and all the rest of it. Yeah, um, yeah. so
1: uh, I've started having lessons with her. What are some of the sounds that you need to be able to make in Arabic that you're not used to making? <laughs> lots of
2: sounds. They have lots of, uh, they have a ha. They have a heavy ha. They have a like a loch, Mm -hmm. you know, the end of a loch, and they have a a and they have a the hardest letter. The name of the letter is ein, and it's a kind of it's almost like a glottal stop. Uh, Yeah, it's a kind of at the start of a word, a kind of achalier, achalier. So there's a yeah, that's a hard sound to make. Uh And there's a there's a letter called KAF, which is like our Q, but it's a kind of K, ka, ka. It's at the back of your throat. Almost like a click. Yeah. There's, so there's quite a lot of sounds that we're not used to making in English.
1: When you learn how to make those sounds, do you find it increases your awareness of your mouth? Yeah, it does because some of these, you know, this
2: we don't use that part of our mouth in uh, in English. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so
1: yes, it's been it's been good to have to learn to make different sounds. A lot of people feel like that when they're singing, right? That that mm. awareness of your mouth and the inside of your mouth and where your tongue touches when yeah there are things that I certainly had never noticed yeah. before I started th- mm. actually becoming aware of my mouth from the act of singing. Mm. I I find that fascinating that heightened awareness yeah. of what's going on inside. Yeah. Are you ready for lightning round questions? Yes. Okay. What's an album that was really important to you? Tapestry, mm. Carol King. What is your favourite soup? Thai red curry with butternut squash. Ooh. Is it hot? Uh, yeah, it is a bit <laughs> hot. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> what is your favourite replacement curse word? Sugar. That was a good build-up. Okay, what is a sound that you feel strongly about? doesn't have to be a good or bad sound, just something that you feel strongly about.
2: I guess at the moment, I'd say the sound of a hand pen.
1: Hmm. Who is an artist that you wish more people listened to? Do you know Corrine Polwart? Yes, the songs Scottish Scottish songbook, were you thinking of? No. Anyway, she's a Scottish singer-songwriter. She's a Scottish singer-songwriter. I'm thinking of the book about lost words. Didn't she have a song? Yes, in lost, she did. Spell, spell songs. songs. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. About. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. She's fantastic. And mm. before we close, I know you said you don't do publicity, but can you tell us where people can find your songbooks? Uh, yeah. Well, some of the songs are on YouTube
2: because during the pandemic, Because we're singing along to recordings, some of the recordings I put images to. So there are some sort of things on YouTube. Otherwise, if you go to the Natural Voice Network website and look under teachers and look under my name, you'll see how you can get hold of the songbooks.
1: Great. Yeah. We will put all of those kinds of links in the show notes. If you're listening to the podcast and scroll down, and sometimes you have to click on three dots or various ways to get to text, or if you're at a breathofsong.com, you can see them on the page. If you scroll down towards the bottom there, there will be a set of links, and I'll try to link to everything that Kate has mentioned, including mm. if we can find a recording of a handpan or video that mm. we can share so that people can, yeah. can hear yeah. what that sound is. Great. A huge thank you to you, Kate, for coming on A Breath of Song. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you're welcome. A huge thank you to you, our listeners. I'm so glad you're singing with us. Let me remind you that sharing this podcast with your friends really makes a difference. Visit A Song.com to see those show notes I was just talking about with the links, the lyrics, Patty Piotrowski's glorious artwork. Sign up to get artwork and music in your mailbox. How beautiful is that? And leave something in the tip jar to help cover costs. Before Patty or I get paid, 25% is donated to the Jazz Foundation of America, which directly supports jazz, blues, and roots musicians in need. The skill and artistry of these musicians has directly shaped much of the music that I share on this podcast, yet historically they have been inadequately recognized and unfairly recompensed. This is a small step toward restoration that we can take together. Let's sing Go Dark again to help it sink in more deeply. And Kate, I'm going to ask you to sing the melody at least twice before you go to the harmony Okay. so that I can re-find it. (laughs) Okay. To go in the dark
0: with the light Is to know the light To know the dark sight, and find that the dark too blooms and sings, and is traveled by dark feet and dark wings. find, it. find it.
1: joining kate and me today for a breath of song i am grateful that you are taking care of yourself and listening to your voice i believe making a better world starts with tuning into ourselves and each other which is what we just did so yay us if you're liking this podcast please share with a friend and next time we'll plant another song until then be well that's us great